I mean, I know we could go into was it Ring of Power or whatever. I Dude, mean, that is that's like, that is dangerously close, isn't it? Yeah, it's that like second. Yeah. Oh my is, gosh, I was thinking. Is that next Friday? Griff, I think that is next Friday. Yeah, I will uh, be taking that day. Probably off. not see it that day. So. Oh. <laughs> will I see it that day? I don't know. Watch it at lunch. I could watch it. Well, you think it'll come out at like eight p.m. on the second though, or something? I bet you there's a time. Let's look it up. Midnight, I would imagine. A lot Ooh. of stuff is all midnight. Yeah, so it'll be 9 p.m. on Thursday. For us? Yeah. Really? Yeah. wonder why they're doing that. So Thursday night, you want you want to do a watch party? <laughs> I'm going to, like, <laughs> use the 90-inch TV we have here. <laughs> that's what I was but thinking. On, uh, so that's only week one, though. Week two is Fridays at 12 a.m. So, yeah. Gotcha. Great. Probably to minimize spoilers, they're going to globally release it at the same time yeah that's what it looks like Weird. dude it looks so cool it better be man it's 500 million dollars <laughs> crazy but nuts because if i were to tell you that just this summer streaming overtook cable and broadcast like wouldn't you think it didn't already I mean, is that like an average or is that like literally just like one month it finally Like the happened? number of minutes that people watched was more on streaming than. Man. And it's kind of a cheese because. Not uh, a sports season. <laughs> it's the summertime. There's no new TV. Yeah. There's yeah. No, like, but a lot of things did sort of release. I only got to watch one episode of The Bear that just came out, but that's technically FX. Mm but I think it's doing better on streaming than it is on the actual channel. What else? Only Murders in the Building, which I've only watched a couple episodes of season one, and um, friggin' need to watch that. I, I need to make time for that. I really I watched an episode of The Boys, and that was really cool. And, and yeah, superhero one, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just I read that stat, and I was like, you got to be kidding me that streaming just now overtook cable because I feel like, again, apart from sports, I personally don't watch any cable tv really maybe but like maybe an hour a week with with disney plus and espn being the same subscription that is kind of a good replacement for streaming sports so and some of them are you're gonna laugh you make fun of me but i have peacock because i like to watch indycar you know i'm a big racing fan and it's exploded since covid i kind of like rekindled my love of watching started because f1 was really the only sport that existed during COVID, they figured out a way to make this happen. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to stand next to each other when you're in cars. Like Exactly. So I've just become obsessed with it. And you're right, but Peacock has got a lot of support races and stuff on it. So, But if they didn't have a streaming service, yeah. I don't, they wouldn't put it anywhere. Yeah. Because they can't, they don't think they can make enough money. It's just weird. I mean, what does that do with like advertisers and stuff? Oh, Peacock still does ads, even though I'm paid for the top notch premium plus. Uh, everything yeah they have because they specifically but... said some programs are exempt from the advertising and that's and a the lot live, of live stuff more than anything yeah exactly so the they... live events but they're still missing out on those like you know reruns the the primetime slots of yeah. you know binge watchable shows hmm. but those companies are getting subscriptions so it kind of evens out exactly but it's crazy and and unsurprising i the statistic i read was 40 out of 50 programs that were watched, I think this was last year's stat, was all sports-related. And that makes sense, right? Like, live sports, you can do streaming. Some of the streaming services are getting into it. 
But because there's no advertising dollars, you have to pay a lot of money to get in there. Yeah. And advertising offsets that substantially. So would I shock you if I told you that regularly reached viewers that they would call, like your retention for these traditional TVs, was down to 5%. Wow. Yeah. So advertising on TV, this really could be the turn of what happens next. Yeah. I mean, when everybody was restructuring their advertising, like Hulu and stuff, when they were allowing small businesses and things like that, that was definitely a turning point. But I think this is finally going to push it over the hump. This is in, this is insane. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that's going to make these companies any money is sports now. <laughs> now, that said, sports ball's coming back here real shortly. So I imagine that this, you know, your traditional TV comes back. Yeah, but will it? Will it recover? I mean, next year it'll be even less traditional and, yeah. And that's going to be the real question. <gasps> but that music means one of seven things. Six things. Five. Four. Three. No, look. Hey, you get where this shtick is going. You're listening to Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast. We got another one. Look at that. We're back. We got renewed for a third season. <laughs> Griff, we're going to be rich soon by doing this free podcast. Yeah. That only costs yours and mine's labor of love and whatever equipment we choose to buy to have fun with us. Yeah. The laughter you hear is oh. Griff and he joins me. I am Matt. And we're here to talk some security news. We're here to talk some advertising stuff that we see going on. What else are we going to talk about? I mean, we talked about sports ball. I'll yeah, tell you what, ball. we are we are branching out. I think I think we can go after the sports ball people. Oh wow. I'd have to learn about how football works. So Well that'd be a tough um, struggle. The great part is 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 just remember it really has nothing to do with your feet. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're gonna actually kind of bust form today. We're gonna mm. format bust today format bust. by structuring the way we used to do things because we normally interweave marketing and security and mm. we're all like gotta get that segue yeah the dean Cayman. we gotta get that dean Cayman, and we just got too much to talk about and i figure what we'll do is we will we'll bore people with my voice first i want to talk security because we've got so much going on on the security side that it's crazy that I thought what we would do is that they would then get tired of my voice, Griff, and want to hear yours. Flip on over to me. Although my starting article probably has somewhat more to you than it does to me, but I was fascinated by it, so I stole it. And and that's um our Twitter drama. Oh, yay. All right, so... So happy. <laughs> it's technically security news, but it does tie into the Elon Musk drama. Mm. I can't imagine if you're listening to us regularly or even just have the internet in general that you don't know that, of course, Elon Musk famously tried to buy Twitter and now is trying to back out of it and get his $44 million deposit or whatever he bought that nonsense for because he feels lied to. Well, a former security chief, which is, I think his name, I got it written down, Peter Zatko. Don't try to spell it because it is definitely not a normal way of spelling Peter. P-E-I-T-E-R. Peter Zatko decided to blow the whistle on Twitter. Oh. And what you, can tell he's, you can tell he's serious about it because he also agreed to be named. Mm. Oh, yeah. Usually, you know, 
So now, hopefully, nothing bad happens to Zatko. He I mean, he was the security chief, though. So. Yep, but he he pretty much said as a result of in 2011. I kind of forgot all about this, but that's because we weren't recording a podcast. So what would I have to listen to or pay attention? There was an FTC settlement between Twitter and the FTC in 2011. So going back 11 years ago. Yeah, geez. And in which they were supposed to set up, because I think there's some data leakages, they were supposed to set up an incident response team and security panels. And what is it? They were also supposed to get some independent audits. Zaku goes on to say, none of that ever happened. In fact, it's even worse than you think. We had vulnerabilities that we discussed that the higher-ups never really wanted to address for years, including aging operating systems. It would require doing updates to the Twitter application. And Mm -hmm. so the infrastructure was just sitting there aging. So there was constant vulnerabilities that are getting hit. To the tune he said of what most companies would say, this is crazy because think about this. This is almost 10 years. To the tune of one incident that would be by today's standards reportable to government agencies per week. Ooh. So 52 <laughs> incidents that would be considered severe enough to have to disclose every year. 52 a year. We freak out about one. That's such a big deal that they've never discussed it in any manner and no one's ever found out. I mean, I'm sure people know internally, but like. Insane. Yeah, that's huge. Insane. On top of all of this. It gets worse, Griff. It gets worse. He also alleges that they were very weak on scrutinizing employees for security and alleges, but we don't have proof, that many of the people that he believes work for the company may actually, is it considered moonlighting if it's actually your main job? No. As foreign intelligence personnel. Oh, so effectively, Twitter is full of spies for other countries. Wow. And they have access to all of your data. Yeah, we, we, we saw some things that kind of prove that. Yeah. This is <laughs> past few years. Yeah. So now we're under the. We're, we're, he comes out. He's, man, these are swinging. And you got to give the guy some credit because once again, he's not hiding behind anonymity. Yeah. He's saying this is it. What's his job now? I great question. I wonder what he does, where he's at. Any article what, I what see he has just to lose. says former security chief. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, if you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, if you say, yeah, this is how we ran security at Twitter. But it, it was a, it was accused that a lot of it was he was told, no, don't do anything about it. But he also, and if you get a chance, we always talk about how we have show notes that are linked to this. The article accuses so much more about what I want to even talk about. But he does sort of insinuate that these concept of spam bots and things on Twitter might be more out of control than Twitter would lead you to believe. Not surprised. They openly said that they would, they lied about a lot of the bots. So, Which, coincidentally, is it's why... Why Elon's upset. Elon Musk is upset. <laughs> One is of that all of this... Yeah, yeah. Probably also because his checks didn't cash right. Yeah. Can you imagine... What is what was that like a billion dollars or something like that he spent? I don't remember. Way way more than a billion, yeah. You imagine getting the NSF on that? 
He, I mean, he did. I'm embarrassed if I buy tacos in the check boxes, <laughs> right? Imagine if it's a billion dollars. <laughs> buying tacos in the check. <laughs> Times are tough, Griff. Times are tough, man. You got to tighten your belt a little yeah. bit. <laughs> It's like the dude writing a check for, for his 50, half and half. Yeah, for 52 cents or whatever it was. So that kind of leads into this Elon Musk story, which is this is kind of what not entirely what Elon Musk has been complaining about, but certainly does not help Twitter's claim yeah. because they've been vehemently deceptive. They said, like, oh, it's under 5% of the users are bots. Which we believe is not true now. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's dude, what, I wonder what the real number is, though. It's, it's probably Mudge absurd. Yeah. So Mudge is basically saying, no, this, is, this isn't this is true. The watch would be like 40%. <laughs> Just something unfathomable. I would, I would believe it. I mean, uh, I can't even, I don't even know that I really like Twitter anymore. No, yeah, it's just. It's, it's gobbledygook, awful. Yeah. But, of course, Elon Musk is proceeding with trying, because there's a lawsuit because Twitter sued Elon because he wants all of his money back. Yeah, He's taking his ball and going home. So they've also subpoenaed Jack Dorsey, which is the former CEO. Yeah, who was stepped down pretty well, I think, a year, just when about a year happened. prior. And yeah. I think Dorsey and Musk are friends. Because well, about messages. the time that they started talking about whether or not Musk should do this, Dorsey stepped down. And I think has been coaching him on some of this. Yeah, the some of the um, private messages were leaked, and it was basically Dorsey saying, "Like, hey, you should, it'd be awesome. Like, you, you, you should, should do it. it. It'd be an like, it'd be worth it." So, but if he's not even like, if he was had no part of Twitter at that point, then what's yeah, his? It's still November. I mean, I'd like to think he'd still know what was going on at that point. Yeah, but can he can he be blamed for being like you should do it? He's, this is just a subpoena to yeah. to say that to come in and yeah to 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 suggest that the authenticity of the data that mm-hmm. Twitter's providing is wrong. Basic like basically invalidating Twitter's claims that oh no they're telling the truth they complied yeah. and and Dorsey's gonna be like no Griff you have an iPhone don't you? I do. Did you see that there was a patch for it? Yes, depends on when you're saying, because I think I updated. Just within the last week. Yeah, I've updated within the last week. That is a very good thing. If you have anything else that runs an iAnything or Mac something or other, (laughs) get that thing updated. Because Apple has finally kind of, sort of, pseudo-disclosed that they, the iDevices, well, specifically WebKit, Okay, and WebKit, if that sounds familiar, doesn't sound familiar, is an, a rendering engine for web pages, effectively, web content, we'll say. It's the back end of Safari. It is the back end of Safari. This is specifically with Apple's rendition because WebKit is open source. Mm-hmm. So anybody can take it. In fact, Microsoft Edge is based on WebKit. Google Chrome. is based on uh, Google's Chrome is based on WebKit. Yep. Opera is now based on WebKit. Oh, yeah. But it's their own kind of adaptations of WebKit that they use. Standardizing the web, though. It is pretty standardized now. Well, there's a flaw in Apple's implementation. And as we know, you can't really technically install a second browser. I mean, you can pretend. But realistically, you can't actually install a a separate rendering engine. You have to use Apple's WebKit. That there is a remote code execution, or we call it an RCE in the biz. There's an RCE hole that allows you to execute code, unsigned, unproved, un- like you can run whatever you want in the browser. 
So of course this substantially affects your iDevices. It does affect a Mac. Of course you, you could say, well, I use Google Chrome. All of Apple's help systems and some of their about menus, yeah, that's as awesome. well as if a program were to use that component, the web view component, mm -hmm. that is all still Apple's rendering. Yeah, engine. you're still using and it. Anything that uses that component that's built into the operating system is affected by this. So pro other programs could be injected with this. So what you get is this payload that can run whatever arbitrary code that they want. That's enough. Like you would think, man, that's crazy. What are we even doing here? It's coupled with, we know that both of these are in the wild. That's why you need to patch now. There's also a kernel vulnerability. Ooh, those are always fun. <laughs> so this affects iOS, <laughs> Mac, the whole suite of the iDevices, right? iPads. And effectively, you can then gain kernel level access. What does kernel level access mean? Everything. The base. Yeah. You are talking to the actual core of the operating system. So that means you can access like anything that is being run based on that kernel. Anything. So, yeah. GPS data. Yep. You want to turn the camera on. You want to take a picture. You want to read the files. You want to extricate the data. Yeah, it's everything. You want to see location history. You want to see the volume level of the speakers. You have access to literally everything. It's the central component that orchestrates everything. So did they like patch right away or was it more of they waited until? Of course we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Good old we, don't Apple. Even, we don't even know how Apple found it. Yeah, it could have been real old. Who knows? They said an anonymous researcher. I bet that guy uh, wants to be anonymous. <laughs> I bet it. I bet that guy wants to be anonymous. So if you have an Apple device, go out there, patch it right away. It's a pretty simple, easy patch. If you see that badge up there, yeah. mine just showed up yesterday. You showed up yesterday? Mine just showed up eligible to patch yesterday. And of course, I'm like reading through these notes. I'm like, okay, when do I get this patch? So I finally made sure that all my devices are, are now patched. But yeah. 15.6.1, I guess, is the Point most one. recent. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So you're good. You're good. Gotcha. I did that out of like... <laughs> hey, look, a badge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get rid of that. Not to be outdone, Google's Chrome wants to have a zero day as well. Oh, cool. Um, not nearly as catastrophic or as exciting as the Apple one, but uh, Google Chrome still has a pretty actively exploited in the wild security vulnerability for the Google Chrome browser. Not related to the Apple one, but just so happens that they have it. So there is a current update that you are going to want to patch. So take a look. There's a version. This is applying to version, I think, 104, Google Chrome 104. And what you want to make sure is it's 104, 51, 12, and then either dot 101 or 102 means that you are on the latest and greatest. You're not affected. So just double check that. If if Chrome tells you it wants to do an update, you should probably do that as well. Yeah, don't sit there with the red icon the whole time. Or, or yeah, because it starts off green, then it goes yellow, and yeah. then it's like, all right, hey! all right, get to it. <laughs> It's great. At some point, they're going to get so aggressive. It's just going to be like, listen, no I'm, more. I'm closing. No more. <laughs> Shut no, down more the whole thing. no more cat videos until you update me. Yeah. Can't open a new tab. Sorry. You can't honestly tell me what you do on the internet is so important <laughs> that you can't restart the browser. Yeah. 
<laughs> Especially today, because if you say I want to update, it remembers all of your tabs. Yeah, everything's there. Yeah. What was that one website I showed Nicole? It was like a Tamagotchi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a website. But if I think if you close the browser, I bet you, you it dies. Your, your pet dies. Yeah. Which is really like Pandora's web box, you know? Like, it's terrible. Like, if I close the browser, oh, he dies. Oh, my God. Well, and you'd think that was it. Normally, that's all we have for security news, but I got more. Oh, gosh. <laughs> more Mac stuff? Boy, Apple's in the news still. Oh, more Apple. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm going all about Apple today like I normally <laughs> do on TikTok, don't Hopefully, I? it's Mac and not my phone, though, because I'm tired of this. <laughs> so it's been disclosed that on iOS. No. <laughs> Dang it. No, so, okay. Let's talk a little bit. Griff, you had to use a VPN before. Most companies that allow work from home, they use a VPN. Yep, a virtual private network. Look at you, man. Wow. You almost do this job. It's like all the right. easiest one to remember. <laughs> I guess. All right. I don't know with all of the acronyms I have in my head, sometimes the easy ones I don't remember anymore. <laughs> See, I don't know what iOS stands for because what's the I stand for? <laughs> uh, this this can make it or you can cut it, okay? But here's what's great about iOS. Apple just started using the term iOS. Yeah. Except there was a little tiny startup that said, hey. Oh, did they have iOS already as a operating um, system or something? You can't use iOS. I'm like, sure we can. It's a lowercase i. Nobody's going to know it. And so this little tiny startup called Cisco oh, God. <laughs> basically said, no, all of our routers and firewalls, the operating system that they wrote for years it's before all of this. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's because in their head. Cisco claims themselves to be the internet, internet the internet company. Hmm. So iOS, the internet operating system, the internetworking operating system, their Cisco iOS. How, what, what lawsuit came from that? That No, Microsoft pays them licensing. They still do? Yep. Dude. I don't even know that. I think Cisco has since changed what they call it. But yeah, yeah we, we used to have, back in the day, I used to, when, when I was doing more Cisco equipment, Everything ran iOS. So it was just funny that that's what but, but Apple started calling it. And, and well, Cisco's, Cisco didn't make a big deal about it. I hope a time. guy named Mac made a Mac OS. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, give me licensing. But he was just, it was just like, okay, come on. You can't be this blatant. That's well, nobody's going to confuse. Our, no, they, you're, you're putting I in front of everything. Like, Yeah, the networking people of the world will. They're gonna, yeah. They're you're using I to reference the internet, and yeah. like you're using it to be edgy. They're going to think it means internet, and they're gonna think that Cisco licenses it. We really just don't trust you. <laughs> wow. All right, back to VPN and iOS. Back to your regularly scheduled mm. program. <laughs> so, the VPN in iOS. So typically, with the way VPN works, is it creates this what we call it a, a network tunnel in which it encrypts all data that leaves the device through this network connection. So I always say it's as if you could virtually run a cable directly to where you're going. Even though it goes through the internet, that traffic is encapsulated in something into mm -hmm. another packet that is encrypted yeah. and destined for a location, okay? When it reaches the other side, it's cracked open. There's your data. It makes it there. But in what's called a full tunnel VPN, all traffic from that device is funneled 
through that VPN connection. We talk a lot about when you're on Wi-Fi and stuff, make sure you're using a VPN because it can, you know, it, it pr protects the data from being intercepted. It also keeps, you know, if somebody's doing SSL inspection on a public, it keeps your data safe. Yeah. All right. So if you're on, if you're on an unknown Wi-Fi, use a VPN, connect back in. So there is a standard, there, there is a way we, we have what's called split tunnel, which kind of a, eases back on that. And so I'm not really talking about split tunnel, but split tunnel means that traffic destined for a certain location goes through the VPN tunnel, whereas all other traffic goes through the internet just as it normally would. We're talking about full tunnel. Okay, so you can already tell kind of where we're going with yeah. this. iOS, normally you connect into a VPN. The operating system kills all connections briefly and forces them to then initiate a reconnection so that they can determine whether they should go through the tunnel or not. And in the case of a full tunnel, everything goes through it. iOS does not have this requirement. <laughs> In fact, it has been disclosed to them two years ago-ish. Oh, man. That, hey, when I connect to a VPN, you don't force connections to reset. Apple's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll look right into it. <laughs> okay. Why does this matter? This means that let's say that you were working on something that was, you know, I've got this program open. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, I forgot to connect to the work VPN just to be safe. You go in and you connect to the VPN. VPN light comes on on your phone, gives you the warm and fuzzies, yeah. even tells you you're connected, here's your IP address on the yeah. VPN network, blah, blah, blah. The data for just that application as a for instance is still routing directly through as if it were split tunnel. Completely circumventing whatever security protocols are supposed to be applied to the VPN. Oh, my God. Insane. And we talked about, well, what, what does that mean? It does mean that if somebody's doing something, they could intercept that data. They had a SSL inspection, what have you. It doesn't matter. You're going not through the VPN, which is an encrypted and private tunnel. Yeah. You're going out through the public internet. So what's what's the next step? So they're... It, Apple ap needs to fix it. They have said so they now, said they address So it now the researcher is basically saying... Listen, this is now becoming public knowledge. Yeah. They gave them two years. Get on it. <laughs> two You've years is ridiculous, man. Yeah. That's, I'd give them like two months. I'd give them a month. 13.3 is, I think, the first time that they identified the issue. And we're on 15. Yep. Wow. And they do about a version a year. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you think it's giving you the warm and fuzzies that your VPN is connected. Yeah, I mean, especially because when you're like, I legitimately need to be careful, I'm going to do this. And then, yeah, you find out that's not the case at all. Hmm. Great, Apple. Another good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be worse, though. Have you ever seen a Bitcoin ATM? <laughs> no. Really? I have not. Okay. Have you? Yes. Oh, where? Great question. Where was I? It was just recently, too. Because I laughed hysterically at it. But there's a company called General Bytes that makes these Bitcoin ATMs. They do exactly what you want them to do. I'm typing a you Bitcoin can... ATM near me. 
I want to say it was in Columbus. Yeah, there's one on Woodville Road. Where at on Woodville? Coin Depot, Bitcoin ATM, Woodville Road, next to... Guarantee it's an old, one of those internet cafes. What is this? It's next to the S&G gas station across the street from Cashland, next to Smokey's Barbecue, yep. Towers Armory. That right is there. a, that is a, I believe that is a former, if not current, one of those internet cafes. Remember those were all the rage? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's weird. So there's this company called General Bytes. They make ATM machines. Griff, for $5,000, you can own a Bitcoin ATM machine. You set it up. You handle all the transactions. Now, here's where it gets kind of weird. Okay, make money off fees, I guess? Yeah. And you, yeah, you mm -hmm. make money by a, like just how an ATM machine in a gas station works, mm -hmm. right? That said, the ATM machine itself is not responsible for the transaction. What it does is it processes the transaction and submits it to what they call, we think is the coin ATM server or CAS. CAS is what General Bytes calls it. The CAS is just a piece of software that you run somewhere. And this CAS could be on your own data center. Does this just validate the coin, like the encryption? It, it actually processes the actual oh, the transaction. Transaction, yeah. yeah. It does the work. Coin just pretty much says, the Bitcoin, the ATM is just a, a dumb box that does it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It submits the transaction to the CAS server. The CAS server is responsible for making the actual transaction for Bitcoin. Okay. Now, all right. Here's what we get. You, you can put this up. The software, the CAS software can install anywhere you want. You could install it on a server like, you know, we have our data center here. Or what they said, hey, if you don't have the hardware, no big deal. DigitalOcean, you can set up a server. It's five bucks a month. Yeah. So it's on their technical support page that they advertise DigitalOcean. And they kind of have like a, not going to say an integration, but they make it easy. Yeah. And DigitalOcean is a cloud infrastructure kind of right. place. So, yeah. This is, we're going to put a, a star next to this is not an issue that we're getting ready to launch into about DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean does what they do. They host the application. Nice. The application is actually the problem here, though. Oh. The CAS server, when you when you spin it up for the first time, there's like this URL that you can call to create your new administrative password. And then you create your admin account, and then you set up your CAS server, and then... Where this becomes nice is you set up your CAS server, but maybe you buy four or five of these ATMs, Griff. Yeah. You can point them all to the same CAS server. So you manage all of your ATM machines from one spot. And this is, again, it's responsible for executing the actual transaction. Once you create that admin account, usually what you see is that URL is invalidated. What doesn't happen is that URL becomes invalidated. Is that URL still works? Oh no! So you can just reset the password for the admin. Well, no, you can just create your own admins. Oh, so you can just join in. As you a just new... create administrator. So what somebody figured out is this URL is always available to just create an administrator account. Wow, that's a huge vulnerability. How do they now catch that? Who knows? These people are all into Bitcoinage. Security's last thought. So what's happening is now all you have to do is you say, okay, we just need to exploit this. 
you go back to their tech support page. Hey, for $5 a month, you can use DigitalOcean. If you do a little bit more research, you can figure out what DigitalOcean's IP space is. Yeah, you could find these links, basically. And we live in a world where you could go get Microsoft Azure and do a port scan in a matter of minutes yeah. of all of the DigitalOcean network. So what they do is they look, and for some also reason, they decide that the web browser, they're looking for General Bytes brands the web server engine. Okay. Makes what, it easier to even find it then, yeah. What's your web server? Yeah. I'm the General Bytes CAS server. Cool. Dude. Score. Check. Create admin. Mm-hmm. Tell my boss. <laughs> Who then mm. goes in and reconfigures the ATM machines. Oh, my gosh. And what they do, all right, so now we've got this. And this is why they targeted the digital ocean is because they're all out on the internet. Yeah. They're so much easier to find. Then what happens is they reconfigure these CS servers as well as the ATMs and basically make it so that anytime there's an invalid transaction, that it almost like rolls over and takes whatever that transaction was supposed to be and rolls it over to the attackers or whatever, this threat actor. Yeah. It just forwards the money on yeah, so their just wallet. <laughs> That's crazy. They've made, like, passive income via <laughs> people just and, make and transactions. your customers aren't going to know this because, basically, if you screw up typing, it's an invalid transaction. Okay, all right, I'll run it again. Yeah. And it's successful. You, as the customer, were fine. Instead, what it is is the invalid transaction that took place is actually rerouted to them. Yeah. Oh, if it fails, send us the money. So, like, man, that was a really good way to do that. Hmm. And super easy. And super easy, yeah. So how long did that take for them to get noticed, I guess? If you go to their website, General Bytes doesn't even talk about this. Uh, However, they are pretty much urging, if you're running our software, do something about this. So nothing has been fixed, really. It's more oh, of... They, did, they have patched it. Okay. But there's an... Al- but people have to go out and do it themselves, though, because it's their But there's an 11-step yeah. checklist. You're supposed to shut oh, the man. device down immediately mm-hmm. and perform an 11-step checklist. Now, how much you want to bet that the person who bought that ATM machine gives a crap about security? I mean, he probably does if he's losing money. I mean, he's going to care about physical security first. And, you know... When he finds out he's losing money, he's sure as heck going to fix it. Yeah. But these people, mm. most of these guys, they're just trying to make a fast buck. Yeah. And capitalize on something that's trendy. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're most of them are going to fully understand it. Yeah. I can't imagine too many of the people are technical. So how many of these are going to be existing out there? Yeah. Insane. Well, I mean, there's, like we said, it's what, like five miles from us. So. Yep. There's definitely quite a few. They are everywhere. I guess Britain, Great Britain has pretty much said that they aren't registered, and so oh, they're, not they're illegal. Wow, cool. That's so good. Any, Bit- any Bitcoin ATMs that you use is illegal, and you're not supposed to use it. Wow. It's interesting. Some countries are like that. Uh, U.S. It's, is not. Some countries have made it their official currency. And, and some, like uh, Dubai, you can get gold nuggets from an ATM machine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, Dubai. So I got one more for you, and then we've all survived our 
Our security news. The security news. We've talked about the Conti gang a little bit. So the Conti gang is a ransomware as a service. We talked about Revel was a big one too. Yeah. Revel. 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 The U.S. has decided they are now offering up. They've they've set aside ten million dollars, and they will pay out for information. Wow, on this game that leads to the capture of this. And they're a RAS gang specifically, right? They're they ransomware are, yep. as a service. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ran, they they are true RAS, but because they signi- seem to significantly affect government operations, yeah. they've had a bug, and they said, "Listen, Conti, we're coming after you." And Wolf play down some serious cash to do it. Their hope is, I think, this will cause some of the people to even flip on their own co-members. Oh, man. Probably. And this is a Russian-based group, and they pretty much have been active since 2020. So, Yep, yep. They're fairly new, but they're, they've been there for a little bit. We've, we've been annoyed by them in just a couple years. They've had over a 1,000 successful attacks. Probably 40% of them have targeted things like health care, Law enforcement, small governments, stuff like that. Wow. Scary stuff. We'll just Dean Kamen right into, <laughs> you know what? Let's just Dean Kamen into something regarding Amazon. So um, I can pretty much always talk about Amazon. They got so much going on, like the new, you know, Lord of the Rings uh, show. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Woo! Dude, yeah. So Amazon Web Services specifically, which is just a massive, cloud, I guess, cloud public cloud, what we yeah. call pl- public cloud service provider, yeah. right? Well, they are launching a private 5G network across the United States to basically allow companies to use their network for Internet of Thing devices, whatever. Right now it's 4G, but technically, <laughs> yeah. So they're calling it. Am- welcome, <laughs> welcome to Amazon 5G asterisk. Currently missing 1G. It's, yeah. <laughs> AWS Private 5G is the name, but yeah, it's it's 4G right now. But it's the idea that it will be, I guess. But why would you name your, your, your service after that when it's not? And also it could become something else. So very odd. Here's here's the issue. You, you know, I think all of us get all crazy about these Gs. They don't mean anything. It's yeah, all it, marketing. Yeah, it's all fake stuff. Yeah. It's just saying like, oh, this is the fifth generation yeah. of of wireless internet. And, and it's not that's right. not even really that accurate. It's not even that true yeah. because we've we've had several iterations before. I that. mean there's four G, there's four G LTE, there's yeah. Even within the small little groups there's a ton. And so the nomenclature is bad. Anyway, I'm, as of now there's only three locations that allow this that have rolled out. And that that was those were the beta, I guess. And Ohio is one of them, which is why I'm bringing this up. Probably, because they're all close to their data centers. Yep. Because I believe Amazon's got a data center here in Ohio. They do, and they have one in North Virginia and Oregon. So those are the three at the moment. And those are all big data centers for Amazon. And it's almost done, this entire rollout of those three locations. So the whole idea is that, you know, it'll become countrywide, maybe even more than that. But, yeah, it's pretty well rolled out for those locations. And it's they charge $10 per hour for each radio unit it installs with each radio supporting speeds of 150 megabytes, megabits actually, sorry, across the 100 SIMs. So you can have 100 devices. And it also will bill for transfers outward, but I think that's based on different charges, so. Probably outside the data center. Yeah. That seems really expensive. $10 an hour. Per device, yeah. So it could be pretty large. It's a decent, it's a decent speed. 
Mm-hmm. You said 150? 150. I think it's megabits, though. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, still. that's what we measure. Like, we measure bandwidth in megabits. Yeah. It's um, still pretty good, though. Because you said 150. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fuzzy math. <laughs> you got to do the H. It's about one to one and a half megabytes per second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, I mean. For an Internet of Thing device, yeah. they're not transmitting that much. And these you are things that are going to just ping GPS or. You know, small little things. That... It's real-time data. Yep. Yeah. It's, hey, I've got this, you know, maybe it's, we want to see farm equipment, see how much yep. throughput it's doing so we can we can check and monitor maintenance. and Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool. I think it's going to change some of the game on how people are using it. But it's, yeah, it is a little pricey. It does seem expensive because if it's $10 an hour per device, that is pretty rough. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm get. I'm guessing the build out is expensive. Once the build out stabilizes, but yeah, I saw also this is sort of unrelated, but Google Fiber finally unpaused their build out. It's been paused for five years. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah, they kind of stopped. It's it's coming back again. So. I didn't even think that they were paused. I guess I so. just hadn't heard of it in so long, and then I yeah. saw that, and I was like, oh, that's a. I forgot about that. So, yeah. I just thought they were quietly doing it. it. Just wasn't it wasn't newsworthy anymore, right? Yeah, you know, that's what I just assumed. No, they had they had fully stopped it. So in 2017, I wonder why. I wonder if it's because there was actual competition. I don't know. I mean, we had some shortages at that time, so maybe it was material. I don't know, but yeah, we'll it's, see. It's back, it's I guess. Cool. Yeah, Google Fiber definitely not coming to your area soon. <sighs> Probably not. <laughs> wasn't Columbus. On the list pretty early on, though. I gotta imagine Columbus is one of those cities that I really love because it's Midwest, but it's also very modern. Mm-hmm. We somehow we somehow seem to attract a bunch of modern tech. Yeah, I don't know. It's not like our taxes or anything. I don't know why, why, why really. But I guess it's just centrally located within this whole area. It's Columbus's location. I don't. I do think helps out a lot. Plus the cost of living versus other big cities. Yeah. And. You know, say what you will about them. Our our state's government has really worked hard to attract people to come to Ohio. Yeah. They really, they really want Ohio to be a Midwest Palo Alto. So that's pretty cool. Amazon is uh, doing something a little weird about their their app too. It's a very very TikToky. Strangely, you think Amazon's app would ever look like TikTok? Like why? Right at this at this day and age. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not surprising. So Amazon app now has a feature where it'll have a kind of this like a single post scroll. So you know how like you, you can scroll and it'll stop right there and then keep going. Yeah, that thing. I, I mean, oops. The one by one vertical scroll. So they're doing that where they show like a guy like grilling, for instance. And if you tap it, you'll see all the products that are associated with that. You can see the grill, the you know, utensils, the 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 food that's there. You know, the apron. This you, is great for influencers. Yeah, exactly the point. And you know, you see those like you know live streams of people reviewing stuff, all that stuff. So there's already a big community of people on Amazon who are, are interacting with the products and selling them, like as seen on TV, kind of kind of style. But yeah, this is definitely a way to get into the TikTok kind of space. So this is called Inspire. So it's their little inspire you to buy. Yeah, it's it's spend money. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. And it's just in a little navigation bar. It's super easy to find, super easy to use. Kind of scary though. TikTok though, I mean, it's just been making waves left and right, and it has 
Really changed the game for all this other, other social <laughs> stuff. It's just I killing love, me. I love, I love, you're just, you're defeated. So it's really changed the game. Yeah, but unfortunately, the game that they're playing, I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah. But it's caused some, uh, some issues, obviously. And we've been talking about how the U.S. has been pretty upset at them because it's a Chinese-owned company. TikTok's parent bought Musical.ly a long time ago, 2017. And they've just bought Bandcamp, and they're buying up like medical Which stuff. Musically, already there was some concerns over security, privacy, or, yeah, that yeah. type of thing. Well, yeah. and legitimacy because you could just play music. Yep. And they weren't really paying artists for it. Nope. Yeah. Which they've kind of tried to change, but again, that's the whole Bandcamp yeah, buyout. But why would they do just, that? Now yeah. they've got Bandcamp. Yeah. So anyway, now being one of the biggest social platforms in the world, they basically face scrutiny by the U.S. government to host all their stuff in the U.S. to make sure that the U.S. branch of TikTok is legitimate, not sharing any sort of data with China or even just changing their content to be but Chinese. I bet they are. So does Oracle. So Oracle, <laughs> who was who who tasked with, who, who basically said that, because we talked about this during, I mean, gosh, hard to believe, but during the Trump administration, yeah, because he had a real bug up his tail. Because Oracle, yeah, like you said, Oracle's the data host. Yeah, for and they're one of the biggest cloud infrastructure in the world. I mean, so huge, huge, huge company. They're responsible for dealing with all the data from TikTok and making sure that it is routed properly and managed properly. So they are literally going to audit them on U.S. government's request, basically. So. Oracle is now going to regularly vet and validate the content of TikTok's recommendations and moderations and, and that type of thing. Cash a lot of checks to go ahead and run some of those reports, some of those pages through the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting to see what comes from this. But TikTok's also changing their algorithm again to be more focused on local stuff. So they're doing a whole revamp of their algorithm to make it so that there's a nearby feed instead of like you know everything which is funny because that kind of gets in line with facebook again how they're kind of having a big competition between each other because facebook just changed their algorithm to be more like tiktok so gosh it's just great man it's just great another feature that they added though which is really cool in my mind because i started using dolly which is the image generation we have had way too much fun with that here in the office haven't we oh man i got so many credits still to use <laughs> so this is a text to image generator so you just type in a big old prompt you know describe it very nicely use you know you can say you know a, a realistic sailboat in the in the vein of van gogh or something like that and then boom it'll send you four examples of it so i think you um, just pick one you like yeah TikTok has now added AI green screen, which allows you to do basically the same thing, but with some serious limitations to basically have, you know, whatever prompts painted almost onto your screen. So there are some seriously crazy ones, but as examples, but, you know, you can, you can look those up. I definitely recommend clicking that link. There's some funny ones in there. There's some assassinations. There's some <laughs> some funny ones that people added in there to, to test it to see what it would come up with. Yeah, so definitely check that out, but not on TikTok because it's, you know, a little weird and I don't think it's everywhere yet. It's kind of a, a limited release. But you can use it as, the, as that image as the background or whatever and that type of thing. It's, it's kind of strange. But this comes two weeks after Google's Dolly competitor release, which is Imagine. Imagine. It's Im Imagine. Imagine? 
this is just kind of the same thing. You can add, it's a text to image thing. It's a lot more realistic. It's it's actually very very good. It's not there's no beta or anything yet for it. But this this comes after Google doing the whole like dreamscape thing, and they've been working on this type of technology for a long time. So I think they just wanted to be like, oh, we can do that too. When Dolly came out, well, in some ways they kind of have been able to sort of do that because if if you think about it. They have their whole image search. Oh yes, <clears throat> which Dolly uses as well to to reference. Because so. you can you can text search images, mm -hmm. and it'll be like, okay, here you go. And it's not like you're using any type of. I mean, I think it does use some metadata, but they're using image recognition to try to recognize what's in those those, yeah, the those graphics. The technical term is diffusion model, where it's it's taking a bunch of images, diffusing them between each other, and, well, and trying to use that. So, it's pretty, makes me feel, it'll make me sound smart. It's very cool. It's the diffusion module. But what's even cooler is somebody has kind of utilized this Imogen and created Min Imogen <laughs> to make it so that you can create your own text to image generator based on how they do it. Well, that won't be dangerous whatsoever. Oh, definitely not. No, yeah, d definitely no issues there with any sort of deep fakes or anything like that. Because <laughs> I know. When we tested a tool that we use here, you did effectively a deep fake of my voice. And yeah. it was remarkably similar. And yeah, that's the audio side. That's that's very cool. And ours was just audio, yeah. Yeah, just pulling from podcasts, making it so that it it sound like you. So yeah. we can record yeah. IVRs and stuff. But it and now if I get one more pizza to my house <laughs> I will end you. Oh no. <laughs> I'm found. <laughs> no, it sounded exactly like your voice. That was you. Yeah, that was you. Maybe not quite as boring. But that but... just that just proves you can do the actual deep fake side, which takes video of your face and puts it on somebody else or whatever, you know, does a whole fake generation and then matches it with audio. That is exactly the same. It's, huh. It is your voice. So the whole, you know, a president giving an announcement over TV, that's up to scrutiny now. It's crazy. It's scary hell. We can't believe anything. I don't believe you anymore. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat now. Mine doesn't fit anywhere. <laughs> Mine's too worn. <laughs> it's all rusted. Yeah. Why did I actually use tin? And what year did I buy it in? <laughs> so to be even more worried, especially about TikTok, a researcher named Felix Krauss. Felix Krauss. Of course, that, that's got to be German or something. He found that you can pretty well prove that TikTok has been tracking your keystrokes using their in-app browser. And I'm back. So <laughs> TikTok, using their in-app browser, basically if you click a link or something in TikTok and it brings you to a web page, it's not, that's not really Chrome. That's not really Safari. It, it's the TikTok custom browser that they've made. And a lot of people do this, a lot of social apps and everything. It's not very uncommon, but they basically inject a little line of JavaScript code that tracks everything you do. It's not necessarily keystrokes, though. It, it is taps. Which it is screenshots. Confession. Any, we do that with our marketing clients not, to help them understand. Maybe it's not, not uncommon. This level, but, yeah. but it's this is we do it for our customer sites to help them understand what people are clicking generate heat maps that type of thing yeah they we help them understand visitor but forms and things like that those are all this, hashed out you can't, this is different because the code is getting injected in every page you everything. visit a cart even so you you check out boom credit card number there's your credit card number yep 
everything like that. So it is significantly more dangerous. And this Felix, luckily they're a Chinese company, and we we of course we yeah. have nothing but the utmost. Gives a little more more reason for Oracle to start figuring out whether or not anything is actually happening. We should take a look. Our oral is Oracle's profits down, and next quarter <laughs> will Oracle's profits be up? Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, who's, yeah. who's who's paying for these audits, <laughs> and who's paying more for them? <laughs> yeah. So. With, Felix has found this. He's proven it. He's shown examples of it and everything. And it's, it is scary. Definitely includes logins, credit card numbers, and all that stuff. But I did see two weeks ago him post as well that the exact same issue is happening on Facebook and Instagram, who use the same in-app browser for their own custom kind of thing. Makes me feel real good that I kind of deleted all of those apps and I just do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the the scary part is it's you know it's gives them a way to track you outside of it. I mean, if you if you click on a link for a product and you get redirected to Amazon, you're you're still you're still in their app. Yeah. And I'm sure none of these companies are using this data maliciously, they say. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Definitely not in meta to create products for you to, you know, <laughs> buy it in the virtual world. Yeah. TikTok. TikTok's totally Listen, we're not using this maliciously. Of course. We're just logging and document everything you do, type, say, search, pay for Screenshot, look at, yeah, everything horrible. We designed these features because we don't need to use them. Well, Felix was really nice, and he he has an entire blog talking about how he did it, explanation, as well as tools he's used. So you can do it yourself very easily. You prove it. Yeah, I actually looked at it, too, and it's like, (laughs) this is not complicated. (laughs) Well, you basically are probably just running some type of proxy. Mm -hmm. And you funnel your phone to that proxy. And, then and all it. of the traffic, all of a sudden you realize, hey, this is interesting. Yeah. What's this job? Why, why is this here? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So that's thing. That's great. Awesome stuff. Getting along with people copying people now. So Instagram again. Have you ever heard of Be Real? It's very. I think we talked about them a while ago. We did talk ago. about them a while ago. It's a, kind of an up and coming app. I haven't heard about it much, but it's kind of. It, it had a younger audience and it has just retained a younger audience. Nothing really. It's kind of like how Snapchat started. Like it was just kind of small and then kept a very specific user group and then just exploded randomly. So Be Real is this app that sends you. This reinforces the whole like social media is going to be your home screen basically. It, it sends you a notification once a day at a random time throughout the day and gives you two minutes to share a selfie. And you are a part of a group with friends, something like that. And it just shows people, yes. you know. Yes. Okay. Now oh, what, I, what are you guys up to? This you is know? really clicking now. Yep. I recognize the name. And now that you rec- now yeah. that you tell me what it is. This was different than the one that it wasn't just a selfie, but it was also. There's been different yeah, adaptations. Like it takes a picture of you, but then it's also trying to take a picture around you as well. Yeah, the two. It's got a dual thing, so it takes the front and back. That's okay. A different thing though, yeah. Yeah, we just talked about them then. Yep. Yeah. So Instagram is doing the exact same thing. Of course they are. Yeah. So we got <laughs> IG Candid, which does the same thing. It even has that dual photo thing. It's because got. That's what I want. I want to be part of some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Group of yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I want to be able to say like, oh, this is a teenage thing, but it is. It is everybody. Yeah, it's everybody. It is people my age will even get in on this stuff, and I'm like, if it's Instagram, it'll I swear be, to you, if yeah. you're thirty something years old, you do not need to take this photo. Yeah, and I sure as heck don't want to be in it. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how much how many how many of these little features are are getting just completely blatantly stolen without any sort of but I, mean, I guess that's been happening forever so it's the rate at which we're developing too you really can't 
patent anything because you're trying to stay on bleeding edge. Yeah. And the patent office is going to take seven, ten years for you to, you know, something ridiculous for you to be able to patent something. And by that point in time, software is already going to move on from what that was. That, yeah. That, you know, so you can't really sue anybody. You just need to keep out innovating or you do what everybody else does is why out innovate when you can have a good idea every three years you just spend the interim stealing from everybody else so everybody's just having one good idea every couple of years and everyone just copies it it's it's true though because i mean at all of the apps recently i mean every with the whole oh i'm gonna go long form on you know youtube and even TikTok, mid to 10 minutes everything's going long form and then all of a sudden at the same same time everyone's going short form with youtube shorts and then you've got all these reels and i just Pick something, man. Have have a good medium. It is hard from the marketing standpoint because you're like, okay, so what works best? I don't know. Because in a month, it's going to change. It will, yeah, absolutely change. And it's upsetting, but it's it's the way it is, I guess. Yeah. but That's just the way it is. And then you got to switch platforms. You got to, oh, man, it's great. Love and switching to TikTok. Coming soon, the Lighthouse IT Solutions TikTok. Hmm. Well, you know, we, we, we have plenty of content. Like, uh, let's say the video of us yeah. eating orange, <laughs> orange juice cereal. Yeah, that's 20 minutes long. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it must be so cringy because... It is very cringy. It's hard to watch for me. <laughs> I like, I'll come up with new stuff. We'll do it. Yeah, I mean, the problem the, is also the like cinnamon challenge because we're oh we're right there. We're right there at the cutting precipice of, of what's trending. Yeah, we're bringing it back over oh, here God. at Lighthouse. The the crazy part is though that the TikTok user base is just exploding, and it's getting so scary that it's like, oh, I and it is it's going to kill everything else. It, man. it is getting diverse too, yeah. like demographic wise. It's not just. We, we used to say, look, it's it's the Musical.ly kids that are now kind not of like, anymore, yeah. it's not anymore. It It is the 20-something, the 30-something. You know, your grandma is probably on TikTok. Yeah, it, it's weird because it's, you know, it's that classic thing where, you know, oh, everyone's on Twitter. Let's get off of Twitter because now I don't want to be, a, you know, all of my parents are on Facebook. I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore. But now I wonder with parents being on TikTok. Everybody's getting on Instagram, so everyone's moving to TikTok. And then now, yeah, now we're getting to that point where it's everyone's getting on TikTok, so let's move somewhere else. And I wonder who, so should we quickly develop something so that the teens can join our Of space? course, yeah. Do you know how much money we could probably make? <laughs> Mine every bit of data that you possibly can. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. From these kids, mm-hmm. and then sell it to advertisers. Ah, man. And then... We pretend like we didn't know what was going on when we did it, yeah. even though why would we track that data? We don't use this data. How did it get there? <laughs> Scary. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> well, yeah. Yep, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, my said. That's got a lot of fun, cool TikTok news. Loving it. <laughs> I'm loathing it. <laughs> I'm loathing it. Yeah, I mean, realistically, there's some cool stuff. I really, I'm actually really excited about text image generation stuff. I a lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to ruin, you know, jobs and stuff, but I don't think that. I, don't. I understand what they're saying. I think what it's going to do is, for a short time, it is going to destroy the market. But I'm also going to say that it's really just stock image market, though, and even then, it's not. This is yeah. you're exactly right. I think people are looking at it. I think it's going to ruin 
the fivers of the world. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And to me, that like, ruined like, the I'm graphics cool design department. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Because you just took your job and turned it into, okay, if I pick yours, you get five bucks. Yeah. And you could spend two or three hours on that. Well, it's more than five bucks. I paid 25 bucks for a audio thing for like a voice actor. So you can, you can definitely choose more than that. Yeah, but like... Do you know what a voice actor would normally go for? Significantly more than that. Yeah. It was for 50 words, though. So, yeah. But, I mean, still. <laughs> yeah. So, those types of, like, independent contractor type, like, sharing platforms, those actually are the ones we should be mad at. Mm-hmm. This just ruins those. So, the people who undercut you by hundreds are now about to get undercut for the for the fractions. Yeah. And um, you're still paying for these images. Like you, you still have to pay for credits and all that stuff to use their yeah, stuff. Unless you make your own like this image in or min image in thing because you host yourself and all that. But, but still. And who's got resources to host something that's gonna use that much, you know, power. Right. You need like serious GPUs and stuff to make that happen. So to me, it's kind of more of a ha ha to and I'm picking on Fiverr because that's the only one I can think of. Yeah. But I know there's a handful there's of them out there. Probably a ton, yeah. That, yeah, you just, you basically say, anybody who gives me a company logo for $10, this used to be, company branding used to be hundreds, thousands of dollars to yeah. do. And now you can just do it for a Finsky. I mean, yeah, I remake all my <laughs> all the clients' brands. You I end have. up doing it because you're just like, this is awful. I have to use, yeah, these, I'm going to remake these. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cool. Listen, that is one of our heaviest podcasts in a long time. We're going to need two people to carry this one to the to the editing floor, aren't we? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's going on, and not all of it's great. So, Yeah, but there is. I mean, we get to see September mean there's a new yeah. iPhone announcement, right? Oh, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Um, yep, yep, yep. I, I looked at it. There's nothing useful. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think Android just had theirs last week, I think. Would theirs be tied to CES at all? CES, maybe. But they they released um, new watches, new foldable phones, things like that. So it's like a clamshell one too. Looks like a like old Game Boy. I, I I just don't trust the foldable phones yet. Yeah, I don't either. But I love the idea. But I also think what what Microsoft did with the the hinge and the near perfect, like near edge bevel, probably okay enough. Yeah, but we'll see, right? Yeah, we'll get there. Well, look, that's it. That's it. We all survived. You get the the svelte and soothe voice stylings of Griff to to capitalize off on on the marketing and hey, make sure that you're updating your iPhone yeah. for sure after you finish this. If you didn't already, it might even be done during the time it took for this edition. But if you have questions or you missed something or you want to know more about what we talked about. We've got show notes for all of this stuff. Check out lighthouse.sol.com forward stroke podcast. And you can check out this podcast. You could listen to it again if you wanted to, because we were pretty spot on today. We brought it. We brought the noise. But you can also view those show notes. While you're there, you can also see all of the previous shows as well as their notes. And if you go all the way up to the top and you hit the resource button, you can see everything that we talk about. I've saw some really cool stuff about things that are going on that you guys have been posting over the past couple weeks, Griff. So I urge everybody to check that out. Sometimes I don't even know what all your team is checking out, and I learn stuff from our own podcast. 
or not a podcast. Social. <laughs> from our from our own social media. I do learn stuff from our podcast. Follow us along. Let us know if you have any questions. We look forward to it. But until next time, you know, keep yourself safe and your iPhone updated. And we'll catch you next time on the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast.